Why, hello there! Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Matt, a.k.a. Uh, Legion Rex, and with it, me, Spencer. I have... What the fuck? God damn it, Spencer, you had to burp during the intro. I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> drinking sparkling water. And it's... <laughs> sparkling water? What? Mm-hmm. What the fuck happened yeah. to Mountain Dew? It is dark Morello cherry and pomegranate. What? It has zero calories, zero carbs, and uh, zero sugar. Is he trying to say that he fucking transmuted his goddamn Mountain Dew into fucking sparkling <laughs> water? Sparkling just, water. Because you asked what happened to his Mountain Dew, and he just started explaining the sparkling water. <laughs> well, I took these base chemicals, and I transmuted them into these chemicals, and now it's a I different mean, drink entirely. Did Did you not know that I am the Mountain Dew alchemist? <laughs> the Mountain Dew. <laughs> he uses the power of Mountain He's Dew. He's the mellow yellow alchemist. I'm the mellow yellow alchemist. My I'm, question... I, I, I'm I'm the code red alchemist. The, <laughs> the real crime, though, is that he's drinking sparkling water. Yeah, that's so. true. Sparkling water's great. Eh, it's not great. Uh, yes, it is. You're just a bunch of yeah, 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 uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you want to keep going with that, buddy? Just continue with the intro. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the oh. welcome to the gap. I'm your host. With me, I have my Equally as annoyed co-host, Shane, aka <laughs> Deputy. How you doing today, Shane? Uh, just, you know, back to position zero, alright, and take two. There you go. I'm fine, I guess. You're doing fine? Okay, yeah, good. good. With me, I have Spencer, who's burping. How you doing who's today? Who's burping and drinking gross sparkling water? How you doing, bitch? Dr- drinkling? <laughs> drinkling. <laughs> He's drinking oh, the oh. sparkling water. Also, uh, for those audio listeners, which I guess is everybody to the podcast, uh, I sound different. Oh, yeah, this is the first gap that Spencer is on with his new mic. Yeah, you may have heard it on the previous episode of BGN, if you listen if you listen to that podcast over on, B- on Shane's channel, Beta Gaming Network, uh, that Spencer has a new mic. Uh, he is now using the Blue Yeti, same, the same mic that Shane uses, albeit he's, it's a he, different color. He's he's joined the Yeti gang. Yeah, he has joined. Uh, he's in the Yeti gang. Not that, uh, but uh, I use the Snowball, so I don't. I, I don't use uh, the Yeti. So, but you uh, sound but fantastic. I do. Oh, Spencer does. Yeah. No, sorry. You sound fantastic, just with the Snowball. You yeah. do sound uh, really nice. Yeah. So, hey, well. The, uh, Snowball's a really good mic. So I like, have the blackout Yeti, so I have a nice sleek black Yeti microphone. Yeah, and you know what they say: once you go black, once you go black. You continue to use let's the black. Let's talk microphone. about anime. <laughs> <laughs> you once you go black, you talk about anime. Speaking of anime, speaking of anime, um, we have a lot of stuff on the docket. Oh today. fuck! I forgot. Simul- it's simulcast time. We have simulcast to talk about. Yeah, uh, because. Oh boy! Um, mm. um, we have. Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck. Did y'all forget that we have simulcast for- to talk about? I, I thought you had talked about it last time. No, because there was nothing, nothing had aired started. at that point. <laughs> oh started. god, yeah. Never mind. That was like early. Yeah, yeah no, we have enough. everything to talk about today. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, simulcast to talk about. We have some pieces of news. It's not too many, but all of them are actually pretty big news. So, and then of course we got our featured anime of the podcast, which is actually a continuation of last podcast's anime, uh, albeit, uh, I'll no, albeit 
it, it, its own its own beast. So we'll get to that when we get to that. So let's start with some simulcast discussion because everything has aired. Uh, all of us are losing our sanities because mm-hmm. uh, everything is airing at once. Is there anything people want to talk about? I have one show I want to talk about, which is the same show that everyone else everyone wants, to, yeah. wants to talk about. Let's just so get I it out of the way. We Fucking rip that the band out of the way. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's Aza- talk about Azakan. Azakan. Yes. Keep uh, your hands off the motion picture club. Uh, this show is fucking incredible. I like, love it. Fuck. <laughs> you awesome, man. You fucking yeah. you awesome. Once I again. Have, it's been a long time since I've watched a show that has resonated so goddamn deep with me. Like, I even told, I told both of you guys about this. Like, this is us. <laughs> this show <laughs> yeah. is made for us. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love it. Fucking... Everything with Midori is like the fucking just. It's like, uh, ugh, hits me. dude. She oh. just wants to be an animator. But she, her family's, and then fucking her family's rich, but she wants to be an animator. She just want to be an actress. And but then, but then Asakusa just wants to make an anime because anime is because anime is a cool. Part of- part of her life because she then, she watched conan as a child and like that scene is brilliant by the way <laughs> that scene yeah. where she's a small wee child okay yeah, just this- sitting there watching the anime movie and just throughout the course of it it just starts to click more and more just to let you know conan is not an anime movie it's actually a 26 episode anime uh, yeah. that actually aired in the late 60s early 70s and it was uh one of the first things that hayao miyazaki worked on mm-hmm. oh, okay it's yeah. miyazaki <clears throat> yeah, yeah he, did, he didn't direct it uh he was not the director on it this was back in the, or very early in his career uh, so he was a, I think he was a key animator on it. Uh, so, but you can tell it's him if you mm-hmm. know if you yeah, know yeah. his how his animation works. You can tell it's him. So, but just that scene of her like sitting up in her chair and wheeling closer to the TV, just awestruck at what she's watching. She's like, "I want to make this." Like yeah. immediately resonate with me. I'm like, "That's, That's me." How it is. That's how it was. That's me. <laughs> Like, like, Shane, did you have that, like, what, like, like, everyone, like, I want to be a filmmaker, and everyone has that, like, one film, everyone in film can can attest they have that one film that you watch, and it's like, this is what I want to do. Do you have that film for you? Yes. Which one is it? It was Pulp Fiction. That's a good one. Good choice. Mine was Inception. Uh, Mine was, okay, mine, not to be a filmmaker, but to be a, uh, like a, and even before I wanted to be a lawyer, which, because I've seen a lot of, obviously, a lot of law dramas as well, but I actually wanted to go into music. I wanted to be a composer. Yeah. And one of the greatest composers of, of all time is Ennio Morricone. Yeah. And it was, it actually wasn't the good, the bad, and the ugly. It was his work on A Fistful of Dollars. Ooh that I remember listening to as a kid and like having him and having my dad show me Star Wars on VHS tapes and listening to John Williams score. And I'm like, and I'm like, if I can find a way to combine these like sweeping orchestrals with this Spanish, like Italian inspired kind of like, I can make something like I had an idea in my head of being a composer. Mm -hmm. Now, 
obviously I made the wise decision to not pick up music as a as anything more than a hobby because that's not a job. It's like no offense, it's like getting an art degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you know somebody, you're going to have to work pretty damn hard for it. And I went into law, which involves a lot of work at the beginning. But once I get that law degree, who boy, I just need to sign some papers and make some paper. I'm going to sue everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, Spencer, sue people for copyright so that way I can, like, make steal, their stuff steal, again. Steal, steal their stuff. Okay, so basically, no more, um, there's no such thing as, you know, uh, oh god, what's it called? Uh, public domain. It's gone. It's now Matthew's domain. No, it's my it's domain Matthew's now. domain. But is it Ken? It's Ken. really good. Fuck. It's really good. The animation's really good, too. It looks mm-hmm. gorgeous. The, the, um, oh, the that- thing I love the, sorry to interrupt, the, the thing I love most about the show is when they actually get into the nitty gritty of the animation talk, and it's just mm-hmm. it's just Midori and Mizusaki just going back and forth, nerding out, and then it it evolves into this like imagination dreamscape of all of their concepts and ideas like becoming reality around them. I love that aspect of the show because when you hear an anime about making anime, it's very most of them are very technical. They're all about the technical process of actually producing an anime. This is more about the imaginative and the creative side. Like, what goes into making it in terms of creativity, ideas, concepts, things like that. And that's what I love about this show the most. Is that it puts that focus on the creative side. Because that's how these kinds of things get made. It's made through people's creativity and passions that they just put down on paper. And I fucking love it. Fucking, it's uh, the OP slaps too. Oh yeah, uh, the oh. easy it's breezy, easy breezy, dude. Yeah. It is easy breezy, especially and if you watch the Kanye version. The yes, Kanye version. The memes that have shown up about this OP are dude, absolutely fantastic. It, it 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 it's the new blend s OP. Yeah, it's yeah. The new smile, sweet sister, sadistic surprise service. It's 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 that, but it's just Drake. Just just break <laughs> it down. Um, okay. But we it. can't ignore the reason why our friend Adam is watching. Kanamori. Yeah, Kanamori, big, long, She loves girl. money. <laughs> she loves money, and she wears glasses on her forehead. Never seen her actually wear them. Never on her eyes. They're only for and show. She, and she has a constant smirk. Like a constant Kanamori is probably the funniest fucking character in this show. Oh, be because she, easy. Because she is, she is that person. Like, we're a bunch of anime nerds. We're a bunch of dork. But there are people like Adam that have no fucking idea what we're talking about, but just kind of are forced into it. Yeah. By and association. She's like, you know what? And she's like, you know what? This is an easy way to make a lot of money. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking just love. I, I fucking love it every time someone asks her for like a dime. She's like, "I'll give you a dime, but you'll have like four point five percent interest." <laughs> yeah, you'll have like six percent interest over the course of the next three years. Yeah, <laughs> with, uh, like, with zero point eight percent APR financing. And and it's like you. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And 
as much and as much as like these characters, like the first episode. If if you're not sold by the first episode, then you're just probably not going to be sold by the entire bother. show. Because, but there's something very special. Yuasa's a very special director. I like man. Like nobody can really do the weird style that Yuasa does better than him. The the thing like, the thing about Yuasa is that as a director, he's very esoteric. Like a lot of his stuff is very abstract, very out there. And while this does line up with his style of his previous works, this one is the most accessible show he's ever done. Because this has a message and a theme at its core that can resonate with literally anybody. Like, this is the most relatable show I've seen in probably years, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's fucking fucking great. It's so good. People are are not going out of their way, although they should, to watch Ping Pong the Animation. Um... But this is something that everybody can get into, whether it's anime, whether it's being an author, whether it's being an illustrator, whether it's being a lawyer, working in movies, working in any kind of medium. We all have that one thing that we're extremely, maybe a bit over-passionate about. (laughs) I mean, I have a couple, yes, one of those isn't right for talking at the dinner table, but, you know, that's just me. But there's just these characters are people, first and foremost. And they're people that you probably know. Yeah, and that's they're kind me. Of what, <laughs> they're us, basically. And that's kind of what makes it. And the way that it's all tied together... I was talking to Shane yesterday, about or two days ago, about this. Um, how I didn't notice, but when they get into their like dreamscape, oh, yeah. when they mm-hmm. get in- involved, th- it starts out kind of sketchy, like very sketchy, and the sound effects are made by their mouths. Yeah, their mouth sounds. But as it goes on and it starts to get more detailed and colored and animated, it they start to have like actual foley work and like actual sound effects added. Almost as if, you know, you're getting out of the rough stage and you're starting to actually produce an idea. And just that kind of subtle direction given scene is what makes Isaac Hen an easy front runner for, like, best OP, for, like, best directing, for, like, best slice of life. Like, this is... This is really unfair that the third year in a row we have the best show of the fucking year at the beginning yeah, of the... the very beginning of the year. <laughs> This is unfair for the entire next 12 months. It's three years in a row for Shane. Mm-hmm. Fucking Shane had placed further. Place further, then- Mob Psycho. Now, don't be surprised if my anime of the year is Azuken. Don't be Azuken. surprised. Or, or, or Haikyuu. Or Haikyuu. Uh, speaking of Haikyuu. Yeah, speaking of Haikyuu, oh. you, you all can move on to Haikyuu if you've seen it. Spencer, uh, you s- watch the OVAs. I, I watch the OVAs. Oh my god. <laughs> that Kate, that new art style is gorgeous. It's fucking like I, I said I said this before. It reminds me of a DBS Broly type situation. Like it's a lot more bubbly, the line work is a lot more oh. uh, expressive. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, uh, because I've I I read it, it's a lot closer to the manga. Yeah, I've I've actually been looking into the manga recently, and yeah, it's pretty dead on. And it's just everything. Okay, so the OVAs focus on Nekama, which ne- is Nekama and Fukurodani. 
and Fukurodani. Uh, Nekama is the rival school to Karasuno. Um, you have people like Kuro, you have people like Kenma. Kenma. You have Lev. Lev's really, Lev really great. hot sister. Like, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, okay. Ooh. Matt? Yeah? Remember Tanaka's sister? Oh. That mm. level. Oh. Yeah. Oh. We have another one of those. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. A man of taste. Ah, uh, culture. Anyway. Culture. But, um, Lev actually gets a lot of, a, a lot of character development. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still love Kenma. Kenma's I great. I love Kenma. He's like one of my favorite char- uh, characters on uh, Nekama. Mm-hmm. And they get a lot of kind of also backstory on, you know, Fukuradani, that. Both of them are, are, are surprisingly good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to spoil them because it, it is actually important. It's important for season four, yeah. For season four, but. Uh, as a person who's only watched the dub, I can say that going from dub to sub was actually incredibly easy. It's very easy. They're very, very similar. Very they similar sound voices. pretty much exactly the same in both languages, which is very rare in terms of uh, dubbing. But it, it, yeah, they sound pretty much identical. And so it's easy. as easy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, so fucking... But yeah, Haikyuu's back um, and is already in like the, what the top... Five it's, top it's, six on Mal. Dude, it, I, I looked the day it aired. It was already at, like, number 11. It was just peeking into the top 10. I need I'm, to check if it's there. I'm, I'm, so. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check real quick. I'm going to check right now. Uh, it is... Okay, it went down. It's number 18. It's seven eighteen. Yeah, it went down a bit. But uh, it's but, at 8.93. So. Yeah, it's 8.93. It, uh, fucking... It is, this happens a lot with, like shows like this fucking yeah it's like really high up there so well it's it's also been because it's been four years since the last season so people have been waiting for this people are excited in any case um anything else anyone wants to talk about this season because it's a lot spence um, you want to talk about pet i'll talk about pet because i i, I fucking don't fucking love, know man <laughs> i fucking love pet dude i, love I, pet I haven't so i haven't watched episode two yet just to okay it, so and, and, Episode two, surprisingly, it, although I do use this kind of loosely, 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 um, it clears up quite a bit. Actually, they go into a bit more about like what a peak in a valley is and what it means to crush somebody and how the people work. Um, but Pet is the newest anime by Gino Studios. Oh, you know uh, the people fam- who did. Uh- I don't know, a little show called Golden Kamui. I was going to go with Kokoku. But But. also, that's that's a thing that only me and Matt watched. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pet is interesting. First off, Pet is gorgeous to look. It's really nice. It has a very interesting... uh, It is about people that can enter people's minds and memories and mess with them. Uh, most people have used it to kind of hide away from negative effects or to completely get rid of them. However, if you crush somebody, which is you find, which is you take their, their valley, which is their lowest point, and you take their peak, which is their highest point, and you basically, you, you crush the peak, you get rid of the peak. 
they die. You can assassinate them in their memory. They kind of, you basically gain control of, over their entire lives and you can push them to do things. Um, and our main character isn't actually the first character to see. It's a, it's a group of two two male characters. And might Pet be is, gay? Might be. Might be. Pet, Pet is weird. Uh. Pet is confusing. But Pet's really good so far. And if you like Inception, but with memories instead of dreams, uh, you'll like Pet. Very interesting. Yeah, Pet, Pet is one of those shows I can best describe as, I don't know what I just saw, and I don't even know if I liked it, but it has me intrigued. <laughs> but let's talk about the style over substance so far that is It Invaded. Because, Matt, you haven't watched this. <clears throat> nope. It's, it Invaded uh, really is good. really, really fucking stylish it's i need to watch man. it because it's from the director of recreators and, yes it is uh, and, and fate zero yeah and, and fate fate zero, zero. yeah i love his stuff i love his work it's and aoki a, yeah aoki yeah. who is one of the most stylish he's occasionally style of a substance um but i don't care in his case he's like tetsuro rocky in that case where like it just he, I just don't care if his thing has zero substance like at all. It's mm-hmm. always gonna look great. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's this, it, this is the and I seen trailers for this. This looks fucking great. I it, love it, I love the look great. of it. It's fast. It's fluid. So I talked about pet. So I'll let you talk about it invaded. Okay, it invaded is a weird one because it's basically if you took psychopaths. And you had them invade people subconscious. It, it's it's really weird to explain, and there's a lot going on. We're only three episodes in, and it's going to be thirteen, by the way. They yeah. confirmed. So it's only it's only thirteen, and we're only three episodes in right now, and so much has already happened. But there's a lot of great things about the show. Obviously, the direction is the high point. You know, mm-hmm. Aoki dude, flexing his directing muscles here. A lot of great dynamic camera shots. A lot of quick cuts and editing. A lot of great, great use of sound design in the um, uh, the the digital uh, subconscious worlds. It's mm-hmm. it's really weird though, because I I have a feeling it's going to be a pseudo monster of the week type thing because every week is going to introduce a new criminal. That uh, Sakaido is going to have to uh, invade (laughs) and take down. Uh, But honestly, if it does go into that formula, I wouldn't really mind it. Because the id part of the show, the actual subconscious, is the most interesting part. Because I don't think I've seen a detective show. Maybe ever. Maybe in a little while. I don't know. Um, But I haven't seen a detective show like this that has use the digitization of people's subconscious ecosystems to solve cases like that's a a pretty good description yeah it sounds exactly like fucking um it sounds like inception yeah 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 um because they they transplant sakaido into their uh id specifically so that they can track their murderous intent. Yeah. Which is actually what makes it most interesting is that each world that Sakaido goes into is completely different because it's based around 
the psyche and the mental state of the individual. Mm -hmm. So, like, the first world that he goes into, the first file, they're not called episodes, they're called files. Um, And as a side note, I always like when anime does, like, cool things with titles. Small details, small details. Yes, it it, it adds a little bit more style to it. But, like, the first kind of um, idwell, they're called, that that he enters is this town that's completely fractured and like it's floating in like a nexus kind of it's floating in like a white void and it's the the one you see in all the trailers yeah and sakaido is kind of like kind of like rayman yeah he's got like a detached arm Arm. but he uses it like spider-man to swing from the detached pieces of the town through the fucking void and then like drag pieces together to like connect them like a puzzle to try to figure it out uh it invaded is really cool it's it's radical i'm really it's radical i'm really liking it so far it's three episodes in um and it's just it's it's weird and i'm not 100 percent sure about what happened but uh it's cool Mm -hmm. um that's that's all i got for that uh i i do i i i can I talk for like a minute about Plunderer? Because I want to talk about sure. Plunderer. Sure, talk about Plunderer. So Plunderer is garbage, <laughs> absolute trash. Okay, uh, Plunderer is a cool concept that isn't etchy. Um, <laughs> ooh, oh boy, is it in etchy? Especially with the the preview for the third episode. Big called, items. I, no, I think the third episode is called. I believe if I remember correctly, it's called the Unfortunate Uniform. Oh god! And with that, okay. twenty-four episodes. Twenty-four episodes. Here we I'm go. I'm doing it so you don't have to. Uh, the con, like the 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 synopsis is cool. Like the whole idea behind it is interesting. No, the concept you know? the concept is really interesting. The idea of the numbers based to people. Everybody is given a and count skills. Yeah, and like, that that's count really cool. Can be anything. Or just about anything. I, they haven't really set rules yet because it's second the episode, only the second episode. But the problem is that the main character, the main girl, um, makes me want to claw my eardrums out. <laughs> no offense to, I think her name is Sarah Weidencraft. I believe is her Close name. Enough. Close yeah. enough. She's yeah. She's fine. She plays a character in Bikini Warriors. You know, that's you got that going for you, kid. Um, but no, she's she she's a good voice actor. It's just uh, this is so grating. And then you're standing next to Eric Vale, who plays the main guy, and like, you, I'm sorry, but you can't compare to Eric Vale, especially when you're doing a fucking high pitched anime girl voice. Like Patty from the DMC. Oh my god, Dante, come to my birthday party. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. You know what Matt did? Marston! That. That <laughs> is her voice. And it's Marston, get me on the phone with Dante. I need to invite him to my sweet 16. Uh. Oh. <laughs> this season sucks so this far. This season dude. is not great, honestly. <laughs> But you, like, you know what is great? Magical girls? 
Magical Girl. Speaking of that, the last thing I really have to talk about, it's Magi Record. Yes. Um, The best way I can describe it is this sure is more Madoka, all right? Yeah, it's more Madoka. Yep, uh, it's more that's, Madoka. That's basically it. The more Madoka. Uh, the first thing you got to know, I, so I've played the, the, the gacha game this is based on. Um, and from what I know, at least from what I've seen, uh, don't even bother because it's not following the story that well. Awesome. Uh, so it's, so it's, uh, it's doing its own fucking thing for the most part. I mean, I can definitely see that Ikuhara didn't come back. Uh, um, cause Ikuhara it's... was never involved. Oh, sorry. Um, Urobochi. Urobochi, sorry. Urobuchi, yeah, yeah uh, in yeah, Urobuchi wasn't involved. Instead, it's the Gakuden Inu Curry, which is the, which are also known as the, uh, uh the, they were the production designers and the people behind and the part of a part of the uh, Magia Quartet for for Broca Magica. Uh, they've worked on the series since the beginning. Uh. Uh, they're they're writing it instead, which makes sense. Uh, also, the director of the uh, of Rebellion is an assistant director on this, so mm-hmm. he, yeah, that at least. Yeah, uh, it's not bad. I, I I don't think it's bad. I just think it's okay. It's really difficult to hold the term like Madoka Magica or any kind of Magica, and not be compared to the original yeah unfortunately the original is a masterpiece and will never be eclipsed by anything in any kind of magical girl context um so i can say it's more madoka uh the music's still really good honestly Uh, honestly it's like production quality wise it's the same level as the original it just doesn't hold the same weight and uh, the second now, now although the second episode aired, and you know, it seems y'all y'all met Reina now, which is ah, I love her so. Which color hair is she? Blue hair. Oh, okay, blue sad a lot. girl. That explains blue a lot. Sad girl. She and then her and her power, and she has a trident, and she uses yes. water. Yes. Um, and then and our 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 main character has a gun. No crossbow. Crossbow. She got crossbow. She's got a crossbow, and she's basically she's basically like she's she's got like similar abilities to Madoka, but the only difference is, is that unlike Madoka, Iraha has a spine. So Oosh. and, and uh, she will She'll beat the shit out first. of you. She'll stick it up first. And then yeah, Kuroe so. is the uh, I want to say Sayaka, not really, but she's like the companion character. Who is uh, Kuroe? Uh, Kuroe? Fucking... The the blonde, right? The yellow hair girl. No, no. The black hair girl. Black hair girl, yes. Who's always uh, with, with? She is Iroha. a new. Char- if you're wondering, she is a new character that wasn't in the that I don't recognize. Uh she wasn't in the original games. Oh, so they're making just they're making new characters now too. It's likely she's there. Uh, Kure is likely there because uh, of a multitude of reasons. Because uh, 
the the little small cube you see in the game, mm-hmm. uh, that's supposed to be the player avatar in the game. But um, obviously, they can't do that in magic in the, in this. So they probably switch some change some stuff around in order to you know justify the lack of a fucking player avatar. Um, uh, no fucking. Uh, fucking. In reality, I'm just waiting till y'all get to Yachio because once Yachio shows up, the game actually the game's plot really starts to get going, and it gets actually really good and fucking mega gay. So I love gay. I love gay. So, so like, uh, fucking. I don't know what the fuck Kyure is. This is it. She's an original character made for the anime. So I don't know. They're probably just going in a different direction, which is fu- completely fine. Uh, and I love that because now I don't know what to expect. So, a, a. Um, Matt, I'm just, uh, I, I want to talk one one more. I want to bring up one more. Yeah, because I'm kind of I got I got nothing else. Because I'm kind of going through my list, and because I am that guy, uh, and I, if I see some studio, I'm gonna watch that thing by that certain studio. Uh, I'm going to talk about Doro Hidoro real quick. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah? Yeah, you okay? Oh, it is ra- fucking out. Oh, it, it, there we go. <laughs> I, think, I think Spencer's my dying. Internet, my internet decided to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Doro Hidoro is absolutely radical. Like... Hey. Like, okay, so it's it's a lot of CG, so it's going to take a little bit to get used to, because it is kind of jank. But, like, jank in a good way, not jank in a bad way. Not like Taboo Tattoo jank. Or, or, <laughs> or, or, or like, Handshakers or Wiz jank, but, like, like a fun jank. Um, this is a bloody show. Like, this is a violent show. And the concept is really cool really fun there's a big buff girl who cook and she kicks ass and she wears a jumpsuit there's our main character who is an amnesiac who gets turned into a caiman instead of a lizard huh who who has a person inside of him that when he eats somebody uh they have a conversation with the person in, inside of him who deems whether they're worthy or not and so literally, Cayman, who is the guy's name, uh, the character's his name um, is Cayman. His, his name is Cayman. He uh, came because he saw and he fucked. Yeah, he conquering. Yeah. Um. He like bites onto their head, and then the person comes up through like his gullet and he just huh? stares at him and goes, "You're not worthy." And then like slides down and he, they take him out and he's like, "What did the guy say?" And if, if the person's like, "They're not worthy." He just cuts him into like a trillion pieces with his blade dead. Uh, there's magic in this world. And what's interesting about magic is that they make it very clear within the first scene that you, you, you people use their magic by pointing. You need um. your fingers to use magic. Yeah. Like, like kind of like a, like a spirit gun from uh, Yu Yu Hakusho. Yu Yu Hakusho. You point and you kind of like shoot magic. Like that's how you channel your magic. So what Cayman does is he cuts off all their fingers. 
Oh, so, so they, they can't, can't use, use magic. Use magic. And then, then the one person who, because he's searching for the person who turned him, who you know turned him into this monster, uh, and he he gets this girl in his mouth, and she gets like rescued by like some other guy who from the opening scene, except he like drags her out of Cayman's mouth, and then it cuts to him, and her face skin is just on one of his teeth. And then she's like, and then it cuts back to like the door because basically the hole is where all these aliens and stuff like this, kind of like the slums. And then through these doors is the the lands of magic, and where the sorcerers live. And it just cuts back to her, and she's just like squirming with like her entire face off. And it's like disgusting, but it's it's done in like this weirdly stylized way. And once it comes to Netflix. Oh boy, you guys are in for a treat. This show sounds fucking weird. Like it is even weird. by nor- conventional standards even, of weird, it sounds weird. Even by Mappa, so weird. Fucking, fucking. I don't know. I just like weird. I like weird shit like this. This is like kind of hell my yeah, shit. dude. Um, you're you're in for a treat, man. This is amazing. I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I'm just gonna be like, yo, uh, I'm a. I'm gonna watch this, and I'm just gonna be like, "Yo, a, I'm gonna watch this shit." This shit also, weird. The the manga was written by a woman, so yes, it was. It, yeah, which is uh, that's interesting. and it's somehow both a shonen and a shonen. Sure, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it was I can in a see shonen that. Magazine, and then it entered a shonen magazine for the last couple moments of its uh, for, for the last uh, two years of its run. Yeah. Uh, the manga is done, by the way. So is it going to uh, be a full adaptation? Yeah, of 23 volumes in 13 okay. and 12 episodes. <laughs> uh, Mappa. <laughs> <laughs> that has the potential to uh, backfire. There will be uh, six OVAs, though, for it. So oh. so they're probably going to just put whatever they can adapt into the OVAs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that said, I think we're done for simulcast. Yeah, I got nothing yeah, to talk about. I think we're pretty much done. So let's move on to some news because we have three pieces of news that are very, very good news and nice to hear. The first news is a was a was a stealth announcement that nobody expected uh, over the course of the past two weeks, and that was uh, Hig- that Higarashi's coming back. Oh yeah, this thing, shit. Of all things. Uh, let's uh, let's read on for this. Seven's expansion and Katakawa announced on Monday that Higurashi When They Cry or Higurashi Nunakukoro Ni game and anime are getting a new anime project. Katakawa streaming the video for the project. Yusuke 07 and Seven's expansion are being credited with the original work. Akio Watana- Watanabe, who worked on the Monogatari franchise, is going to be designing the new character designs, which they which they did show in the trailer, and they look very different how they did in the games and in the previous anime. So they're mm-hmm. completely redesigning the cast. Um, and Studio Pashoin, who did who has worked on numerous uh, uh, numerous st- uh, who has worked on numerous stuff, mainly uh, the most recently High School DD Hero. Will be animating the series and infinite will be producing uh there is now a website and a twitter account for the new anime uh 
as we know, the first Higurashi When They Cry series aired for 26 episodes back in 2006, and When They Cry Two Solutions, or Higurashi no Nakakoro ni Kai, aired for 24 episodes in 2007. Genium released the first anime on DVD back in 2007-2008. Funimation then re-released in 2009 and 2010, and then Sentai Filmworks most recently released both seasons in 2016. All right. Uh, so... Who expected Higurashi to come back? Never, cause... not in a million years. Absolutely no. <laughs> no. Like, it's just everything getting the Brotherhood treatment now. You know, is that like they a didn't lot? Specify that they, we didn't know. They didn't specify that this was a complete redo. Uh, although I'm assuming it is, because I don't see what else it could be. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't see what else it could be other than a complete redo and a complete remake of the original uh, series. They did show off what uh, the new some of the new character designs, and they look fucking great. Um, they look like imagine the original characters, but now they look like Monogatari characters. Um, they look pretty fucking great, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it 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 they look super fucking impressive. Uh, so I'm very very excited for what they do with this new series. I don't know I don't know how it could beat the original series, to be completely honest. Uh, but I'm excited. I want to see this. I I, I want to see this. It's likely going to be like end of this year, beginning of next year, more than likely. I could see so, I could see fall. Yeah, as far as Studio Pass showing, so it could probably be this year. So yeah, definitely. Um, so let's move on to our next piece of news. Uh, our next piece of news is that, uh, it's about Violet, uh, Violet Evergarden. Ah, yes. Uh, I think I know what Violet. this is. We have been waiting anxiously for, uh, uh, for the movie, at least the, uh, the Gaiden movie to come to, uh, Amer- uh to, uh, to come to North America, uh, ever since it premiered. And we finally got some details, so let's read on. Funimation announced at OhioCon 2020 event on Saturday that it will screen Violet Evergarden 1, Eternity in the Auto Memory Doll, uh, uh, a side story to the Violet Evergarden anime, in select feeders in the United States in 2020. The screenings will be in Japanese with English subtitles, no dub. Uh, Funimation describes the side story anime. Violet Evergarden comes to a private woman's academy to tutor Isabella in the ways of being a lady. Heir to the York family, Isabella feels trapped in this new and uncomfortable world. She still grieves with the only person ever bring her happiness, now lost to her. Violet's lessons do give her a brief surprise, a retreat from the melancholy, with the, but with the absence of joy, how long does it take to truly heal? Minako Kotobuki plays Isabella York, Poseidon to a great and normal house of York is pessimistic about her future and holds no love for Violet, her love teacher. Ayoyuki plays Tyler Barlett, a girl with no family who comes to pay Violet a visit. The main cast members in the tale is an anime also returned for the side story. While the, original, while the anime was originally slated to screen in Japan for two weeks, only starting on September 6th, it, it was later expanded to at least five weeks after forming above expectations. U.S. theaters, huh? U.S. only right now, it seems, looks like, unfortunately. Oh, wow. That never happened. <laughs> Spencer went back into the fishbowl for that one. Yep. I, I, I specifically leaned away into the left of my microphone to get that effect. I, I want... Give me, give me Violet. Give me give, Violet. Okay, I'm sure... I'm sure as we get closer to when it's actually being released that they will probably expand it to Canada at least. Hopefully, Whether or not we'll actually get it 
is completely up to debate. We, we never, Vice Funimation did this with Bunny Girl, and guess what we never got? Bunny Girl. Bunny Girl. Um, Bunny fucking... I'm, su- fucking I'm surprised that Funimation got the theatrical rights for this. Theatrical rights. Well, they probably have to, it's probably going to be on Netflix. I assume so, because Netflix obviously owns the the rights to Violet, but yeah. I'm surprised that they lended out at least the theatrical stuff to Funimation. Yeah, I'm shocked it did too. Um, at the same time, though, like it's really like it's. Imagine see, I want to see this on the big screen because mm-hmm. imagine seeing this on the big screen, like it'd be great. Oh my god, the animation alone. Um, the animation just... made me come when it was on a TV screen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like I'm just I just want more uh, Violet too. Yes, I love uh, Spencer, don't worry about it. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, we're gonna have to cut that. Oh, out. he's back in the fishbowl. <laughs> yeah, because oh, I, no. I I put my hand o- over my microphone to be to symbolize like talking to somebody to, on the side of the room, like covering the mic, like just shut. Oh uh, yeah, shut up. we're gonna cut. Fuck it, but yeah, Violet is coming. Uh, hopefully, it comes to Canada and we'll cover it on the podcast. Let's hope. All right. Our final piece of news is also about Netflix, but it's uh, they picked up something that I didn't expect that they would pick up, and I'm very happy they did because I've been wanting to watch this. Uh, uh, so let's read. Netflix's page for Dragon Quest Your Story, the Dragon Quest game franchise's first CDCG film, revealed that the film will premiere on the streaming service on February 13th. Netflix oh. describes the film Lucas falls in his father's footsteps to rescue his mother from evil Lacha. Finding the heavenly hero who wields the Zenithian sword is his only hope. The game is based on Dragon Quest V, Hand of the Heavenly Bride's game story, aka the only Dragon Quest game I've ever beat, and it's fucking great. Go play it. Um, Yuji Hardy, who created the franchise for, for, the, for the franchise as Enix before its merger with Square, so to, to form Square Enix, was credited with the original story and supervision. To, uh, Takashi Yamazaki, who directed Stand by Me Doraemon, the live-action Space Battles of Yamato, and the spa- live-action Parasite films, was the chief director and scriptwriter, and Ryuji Yagi uh, and Makoto Hanafusha directed the film. Uh, the game's composer, Koichi Sugiyama, uh, who, if you know his work, he's legendary. Uh, compose the music for the film. Uh, so, if anyone's seen the trailer for the Dragon Quest film, uh, it looks fucking incredible. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's coming and it's coming to Netflix this month, uh, next month. Uh, so, if you haven't seen, if you, it, it, this is your chance. Go fucking watch it because I've heard nothing but good things about it. Uh, 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 I don't know. I, I fucking uh, Shane, have you seen the trailer for this? Because I've seen the trailer for the new TV series they're making, but not the movie. Uh, it's full. It's like that at Lupin the Third style CG. Oh, fuck. So it looks like a Pixar film. Um, uh, it looks incredible. Uh, it looks fan. It, it looks incredible. Um, and I absolutely fucking love the uh, like the art style on it and how like uh, it's so fluid. And just detailed, but like at the same time, still stylized like anime, and it looks great. Um, plus, it's based on the best Dragon Quest game, uh, like the easy, the best Dragon Quest game. So, uh, if you haven't, so definitely, definitely check this out when this hits on February 13th. It's a movie, so it's not a show, so there's literally yeah. no excuse. Um, any, any can, uh, word on runtime? Uh, I'll, I can check. I think 
Uh, uh, fucking, I'm gonna check that right now. Do a little fact check. Because uh, I'm right sure, now. I'm sure it's not super long, but. Uh, thank you, but Wikipedia gives me no, uh, gives me zero runtime. Awesome. <laughs> uh, let's see if uh, Mal does. Mal give me a runtime. Uh, nope. Uh, no runtime. Even though this movie's been out since August. Cool. Uh, this movie doesn't exist. <laughs> this movie. This movie. It's forever. It's infinite runtime. It keeps going. Um, uh, but since it's on the Netflix, you might you might need to check. Uh, you can try to check to see like how long it is on like Netflix. How long Netflix yeah. says it is. If they even have it listed. Uh, uh, but in any case, oh, and, oh, and I just read the end of it, and already there's some beef, and there's some like there's some tea with the fucking uh, the, the making of this movie. Dragon Quest Five author, a novel author, Sayuri Kumi, filed criminal complaints against the film's production committee on no, December fifth. Um, uh, Kumi alleged that the anime productions committee used her work without permission and changed it, co- violating <laughs> Japan's copyright laws and unfair competitive protection act. Prevention Act. Awesome. Well, uh, awesome. <laughs> also, uh, Netflix does have the movie listed, but no runtime. So this movie just uh, doesn't no. exist. This movie is currently uh, this. Cur- this movie's actually like fucking like ten hours long. Uh, they just don't want to advertise it because nobody wants to sit down. It's it's know, a Beowulf style epic. No, it's 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 not that. It's literally just a let's play of someone played through Dragon Quest Five, <laughs> like the entire the way through, but in fucking movie form. But they got like some like shitty, like old let's player like DSP to do it. No, no. I don't get it. Dude, don't, I don't, don't get invoke, it, man. Do not invoke this his name on this podcast. This is a quality Christian podcast. When you when you invoke his name, you automatically bring destruction. When you mention the name of the non-believer, you have you are shunned. You know, you know, this is stupid. All these people in in, in chat, you just want to see me fail. This is retarded. Okay, moving on. Fuck you, All DSP. Right. I, I, I told you not to invoke his name. I just Sorry, fuck you, uh, Delta Epsilon. Don't say his full name. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry. Fuck. <laughs> Delta Epsilon. Shit. <laughs> Shit. Fuck. Fuck. Okay. Uh, fucking. I think we're ready to. I think we're ready to move on. Uh, uh to our featured anime of the podcast, which is a continuation of last week of last podcast's anime. Uh. And with uh, uh, with our last anime podcast, our last uh, 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 podcast, last podcast covered Neon Genesis Evangelion. Well, it only fitting that for my pick, uh, we continue that with the movie sequel Neon Genesis Evangelion: The End of Evangelion, directed by both Hideki Anno and Kazuya Suramaki, and written by Hideki Anno. It aired. It originally premiered in Japan on July nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, and is 85 minutes long, and it's currently li- and it is currently licensed by Netflix. And it's from Studio Gainax and Production IG, and current and is currently and is currently licensed by Netflix. And you can go watch it on Netflix uh, in the link 
in description in multiple languages, um, as well as the original series. And if you want our thoughts on the original series, go on the next. Uh, you can go watch the previous podcast because we're not really going to go into our thoughts of the previous show on the on the show uh, here because we already have said more than uh, um, we already said a ton about uh, the original series here. So, uh, so instead, we're just going to be focusing on the movie sequel, The End of Evangelion. Now, The End of Evangelion is a little complicated in terms of describing what it is because it's technically like five things at it's technically like three things at once. So, I'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible um, and explain exactly what this movie is. End of Evangelion is not necessarily the end of the series; it's technically a alternate version of the ending of the series. If you have seen the Genesis Evangelion, you know that episodes 25 and 26 were rushed into production uh, due to a lack of funding as well as uh, as well as a as well as a hectic production schedule which forced a lot of things to be changed and the final two episodes to take a more introspective, psychological and more abstract direction in their writing and presentation. Uh, that worked for the time, however, that didn't however uh, understandably, po- possibly understandably, a lot of fans were not very happy with how the series ended, and because of that, no, and because of that, uh, the end of Evangelion was created specifically as a response to both the original to to, to both the people who liked the original ending as well as people who did not, uh, and it is a complete and is essentially. Uh, in a lot of ways, what Anno originally intended the final two episodes to be, albeit with some changes. Of course, there were some. There were a lot of changes that happened in development. Uh, I said um, specifically in the fact that the episodes that it is twice as long. Both it, technically, End of Evangelion makes up two halves of basically two halves. First half of the movie is episode twenty-five, uh, and episode and ha- second half is episode twenty-six, and each of them are twice as long as they would normally be. Uh, so instead of the normal 22, 23 minutes, each of them are around 45 to 46 minutes in length. Um, and no, and it basically follow, it is basically uh, follows the wrap-up of Evangelion. That's pretty much the best way to describe this thing. Uh, Shane watched this for the first time last night. Um, so we'll have him take it away because yes, he has some shit to say. Uh, I can just feel him just waiting. So I'm gonna shut up. Shane, hey, do your thing. Uh, ten out of ten. That's all I have to say. I don't have to say anything else. Is that all you have to say? This movie is without a fucking doubt one of the best cinematic experiences I have ever had in my entire life. 24 years on this earth, and very few movies have moved me like End of Ava. I watched this shit twice last night. I watched it once for the first time ever, was so goddamn blown away by it that I immediately watched it again. That's how much of an impact this shit had on me. It is so goddamn dense, filled to bursting with metaphor, symbolism, thematic heft. And it has some of, I shit you not, the best directing, storyboarding, cinematography, editing, sound design, voice acting I've ever seen. Animation, 
or otherwise. Ah! <laughs> okay, yeah, it, um, it, this is this is one of those things where it's like when I went to Ava for the first time, I was like, God, I wasn't expecting it to be that good, and uh, had my socks blown off. This time, I had my socks blown off like ten times as hard because I was like, Bruh, this this movie can't be this good. And then I watched it twice in a row, and I'm like, Yeah, this movie's that good. It's, and, oh my, oh fuck, it's. And it's even one of those movies where I don't even know what to say about it. Like, it legitimately left me speechless by the end. And I'm so frazzled and confused. And my just thinking about it, my mind's going, like, 7,000 miles a minute. Just trying to piece it all together. But, holy shit. <laughs> like, if you want a pure experience that will leave you speechless watch end of ava because if you're anything like me it's going to do just that it, uh, spencer <laughs> uh spencer spencer also why you watched it twice in a week as well yeah uh, <laughs> i've Go now seen this movie three times <laughs> get on my uh, level okay <laughs> But I'm also not as mentally insane as you are, Matthew. Uh, so, <laughs> Ava... Ava's a weird story for me. Just Ava in general. Because I watched Ava during a very weird part of my life. A part where I was really trying to figure out kind of who I was, what I wanted, and kind of... I saw a lot of myself especially at that age, in Shinji. And this movie makes me uncomfortable. It still does to this day. There are still scenes that make that hit that hit a bit too close to home with Shinji's thought pattern and the way like, that he acts. Like, the movie starts with him jerking off to Asuka's comatose body. I don't like, think Spencer's saying he relates yes, to that. Uh, no, I'm just saying, like, in terms of, like, how fucked up this movie can be. Yeah. Literally, the first spoken words are, I'm so fucked. I mean, technically, he has, like, that whole speech, too. The uh, whole speech, too, but, like, that's the, but, like, that's the first, like, real, like, like, Shinji is fucked. He is mentally exhausted and scarred because this takes place after the death of Kaorud, the Sith. Spoilers? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to be going into spo- Yeah. Just a fair warning, we will be spoiling the show here at, uh, fucking... Normally, we try not to spoil other shows, uh, other related... Th- uh, uh, other things in the in the current stuff we're talking about, but due to the nature of End of Ava, we want to spoil the main series, so just... Like, uh, like it's impossible not to. It's impossible okay. not to. This is like a finale, so you. De- yeah. So it- Sorry, that just kind of just happened because I'm because you, you know. No, it's okay. You like it's okay. Don't worry about egg guy. Okay, so <laughs> Shinji's messed up, but more so specifically the parts that affect me now and uh, definitely affect me back then are the scene with Oscar in the kitchen. Oh, um, we'll get to that. And and the scene with the three girls and him on the train. The train, yeah. 
train um, where the scene with Oscar we'll talk about more in detail and the scene all on the train I, I'm going to talk about because that is we'll get to that and we get to like favorite scenes all that but this movie is one of the movies where I finished it and I looked at Matthew who's sitting on the couch next to me and I, I said I, I basically sat him down and forced him to watch this he forced thing. me to watch it yep he, he came over to my house put it in and we watched it and I looked at Matt and I said, Matthew, this movie's a masterpiece. I never want to watch it. And here I am watching it twice in one week. Because apparently now I just really hate it. So. But I've also learned in a lot more about the, sh- the, the movie itself. Like, we all know the show's good. But this is Ono at his heat, like... I don't want to use the term unhinged, but like <laughs> this is Anno at his peak depression. At his this peak, Anno at this is Anno with full creative control. Control. This is Anno at like his deepest hatred for anime fan. Like Shinji is supposed to be a stand-in character for the audience, for the anime audience, and what if you want my and actually. It isn't another. It, it is an interpretation that I agree with. It's that this is Ono basically telling anime fans, especially Ava fans, that you're the main character is supposed to be you. Everybody dies because Shinji can't help but connect to another human being. He can't do it. He does nothing. He's. This is Shinji at his most powered mm-hmm. and I'm uncomfortable watching there is a lot of violence however I would recommend End of Ava to literally anybody because if you have not seen this movie you owe it to yourself not only as a person who may or may not have liked Ava. Obviously, watch Ava first. You have to. But <laughs> yeah, obviously. Watch, oh, yeah. Watch or Ava before this, Super duper lost. But, like, if you get through Ava and you think it's not your own, you know, finish it. Watch End. You might like End. But this is a movie that will never be reproduced. The emotions behind this writing and this directing will never be reproduced. And it is insane. Mm-hmm. So that's all I gotta say about End of Ava. The, it, 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 it slaps so goddamn hard. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, fucking. Uh, I've seen this movie more than I've actually seen the original series. Like, uh, the, the series I've seen, like, four. Four times, four or five times. End of Ava, I think I've seen like at least ten. Uh, I've seen End of Ava so many fucking times. In terms, like it's it's one of those movies. It's like one of my most rewatched films, and with good reason. I fucking love this movie. This is this movie has like a permanent place in my top ten favorite movies of all time. Um, it's easily one of the fucking just the first shot of this movie alone mm-hmm. just fucking is like just gorgeous to look at and it just never stops being like fucking horrifically gorgeous 
in every single shot how every how literally this entire movie just seems like it was made on like a painting uh the score is fucking incredible i this is fucking this is shirosaki who's great at the best score he's ever done yeah like, by a landslide and it is absolutely fantastic and it it's fucking ever it's 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 just a fucking wonderful sounding movie fucking fucking ah i just love this movie i love this movie from every single like every single direction uh and i notice new things every time i watch it i notice new things and i'm just like oh my god um uh, yeah fuck it i notice new things let's uh let, let's go into more de- let's go into more detail uh let's talk, uh specifically we're gonna be doing uh doing this very similar to how we did redline back in uh back last year uh so uh let's talk about specifically our favorite moment from this movie uh which is nigh impossible but okay uh i'm gonna start with shane because i hope shane has something um, i do I, I i managed to pick something because you were about to go with like the like the entire like I literally half. I was like okay can I just do the whole second half because the second half is just it keeps on escalating and escalating and each moment that pre- each preceding moment is better than the last it's like what the fuck do I pick like <laughs> there's like twenty different options here and I yeah. don't and know which can- one. That's not including stuff, some stuff in the first half, too, because there's some... Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, but ultimately, uh, what I chose for favorite moment, I just wrote down in my notes, pathetic. Pathetic. Mm. Oh, the, the kitchen scene? That The kitchen scene. It's... I, I love how much it does with so little, because it shows perfectly the state that both of these characters are in and more importantly the state of their actual relationship because even in the show Asuka and Shinji were never the closest they they were trying to get closer but there was just a bunch of stuff that stopped them from doing that and in this scene you see them both at their their absolute lowest their most pathetic their their most vile and it's just an incredibly a darkly human moment because they're, 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 they keep cutting to Pen Pen just cowering in the other room like, oh, shit, this, this shit's going down. That's me. That, that's me in these situations. I'm like, I'm just going to stay over here, guys. I, what I love about that scene is just like because 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 at this point, fucking Asuka has Asuka's dead at this point. Uh, but because instrumentality is starting, Sinji's and Sinji's like at the tree of life and is basically God. Um, uh, he can basically like he's omnipresent. Mm-hmm. He can fucking talk to like whatever whoever he wants. And because of that, uh, Asuka just lays it all bare and be like, "Yeah, I wanted to talk to you. You just fucking suck." Yeah, I wanted to talk to you, but you kept running away. You're scared of Rei and Misato. You're scared of your parents. You hate yourself, and because of that, you don't let yourself get close to anyone. But you only do it when it benefits you the most. That's the only time you even try to connect. You're a coward. And then she pushes him over the table, and the coffee spills on. She's like pathetic, and I'm like. 
Mm. But then yeah, Shinji then, starts freaking out, and he's like, "Don't abandon me! I need help, please!" And then yeah, he goes after he goes after fucking Oscar too. Yeah, and he so starts like, strangling her. I'm like, oh, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> oh. I actually, I to to make it easier because this movie has those scenes. I have the actual exchange up, the actual quotes, and what gets me about this scene is that it starts with Shinji saying that he want a. Uh, I want to stay with you, Asuka, and I want to help you, but I don't know what to do. And Asuka just tells him, don't come near me. Yeah. Don't do anything. All you do is hurt me. And Shinji's trying. He's like, you know, he's like, he's in his head. He's like, at this point, you're the only person who can help me, Asuka. And she calls him a liar, and that hit hurts him. And then she goes on to be like, you don't care who helps you as long as somebody helps you. Yeah. It could be Misato, but she's too much of an adult. It could be Ray, but she's too, you know, taken aback. It could be anybody. It could, it could be your mother, but she's not here. So you come to me because I'm the last person. So he, so at that point, she is completely justified. And especially with, with her next point where she talks over him and she says, that's the easiest way to keep from getting hurt. You never even loved yourself. You're all, you're all you have and you never even learn to like yourself. And Shinji can't take that because he doesn't know how to love himself. And hearing that from Asuka is what pushes him over the edge. The last thing he shouts at her is, please don't kill me. And her response is no. Like, that's... And then we get the shot. Just that long, that, that that wide angle shot of just him strangling Oscar. Oh, oh, that's a I love that shot so much. And then because the scene can't get any better, fucking calm sister Todd starts playing. Yeah, uh, fucking yeah. Uh, Spencer, what's your favorite moment of the entire movie? Well, he already talked about it. Oh, I do. I do, but I also want to pick another scene that's really, really good. So I'm going to pick that scene and hope to God Matt doesn't pick the same scene. Which one is it? I'm going to talk about the Misato scene. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, I love that one. It's not my pick, though. My pick is very obvious. If you, uh, but um, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I, I know what it is. But so I, I couldn't be on. The, uh, the Ave episode, so I didn't talk about my, the best girl, Misato, my love, my wife, my hero. <laughs> and this movie starts with her fucking trying to hack into some shit. And then she GTFOs. And um, she's like, I'm going to save Shinji. And pop, pop, Shinji's. Pop. And Shinji's going to get shot by the JSDF because they're being controlled by Sele. Um, and Misato goes, duh, 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 bah, 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 kills him. Okay, awesome. Misato is now in charge of Shinji again. No, per nothing personal, no, kid. Nothing pow. can go wrong. <laughs> nothing personnel, kid. Tell Shinaru. Um, <laughs> but then, as she's dragging this useless child with her, Literally dragging Shinji. He's mm -hmm. fighting her every step of the way. She gets shot in the shoulder, in the upper, the shoulder, the, the chest. And kind of is like, okay, listen, I'm going to die. 
And Shinji responds in perfect Shinji fucking fashion that basically he doesn't care. He's He can't pilot the Ava because all it does is hurt and kill people. He thought he had no choice, but he was lying to himself. He thinks he isn't worthy because he doesn't understand anything about people. He's incapable of doing anything good. I did something terrible to Asuka. I killed Kaoru. I'm a horrible person. I'm dishonest and a coward. All I ever do is hurt other people, so I'd rather do nothing at all. So he's now in a mental spiral. He is 100% due to the effects of episode 24 mm-hmm. and 23. He's not willing to do anything. So Misato gets upset at this, obviously, because she... W- Kinda wants Shinji to get in that robot so she can save himself. Get in the robot, Shinji. Get in the robot, Shinji. So get Shinji starts robot. to cry. And becomes one of the most deep quotes that actually hit me the hardest, which is when M- Misato says, you hate yourself, don't you? That's why you hurt others. Deep down, you know that you suffer more when you cause someone else pain than if you just let yourself get hurt. But Shinji, that was your decision, so that makes it a valid choice. That was what you wanted, so that makes it worthwhile. Stop lying to yourself and realize that you do have options. Then accept the choices you've made. That's that's genuine words to live by. That's a decision that you made. Yeah, you got to deal with the consequences, but you chose to do that. That is something that you did, so it makes it valid. Shinji doesn't want to hear that, though. Shinji basically just tells her that she's not, that you're not me, so you don't know what I'm, t- what I'm going through. And the first words out of Misato's mouth after hearing that is, so fucking what if I'm not you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the fucking Netflix dub cut out all the swearing, which was annoying, but... Oh. So fucking what if I'm not you? That doesn't mean it's okay for you to give up. If you do, I'll never forgive you as long as I live. God knows I'm not perfect. A cycle of... uh, I've regretted mistakes. A cycle of hollow joy and vicious self-hatred. But even so, every time I learn something about myself. Please, Shinji, you've got to pilot Ava and settle this once and for all, for your own sake. Answer your own... uh, Find out why you came here. Why do you exist? Answer your own questions. And when you've found your answers, come back to me. I'll be waiting. I promise you. And then she kisses Shinji. And then kiss. And she's yep. like, "That's a grown-up kiss." That's how we'll it, do the rest when you get back. That's how kiss. <laughs> we'll do the rest when you come back. And he push, and she pushes him into a elevator, and, and she fucking down. dies. And <laughs> on her deathbed, she's like, "Wow, Kaji, I made the right, the right decision. Thing? I hope I did." And then and Ray Ghost. And, yeah, and Ray Ghost explosion. Which, by the way, if you want to be disturbed, um, if you go frame by frame in that scene, you can actually like see like fucking Misato's like fucking skin and skin fall off, and her fucking body parts start flying off. I don't need to see that, Matt. <laughs> I don't need to see that, Matt. Thank you. Uh, fuck, yeah, but yeah, you can't because they put that much detail into the animation in this movie, regardless of but... whether or not you wanted to see it. <laughs> The, the whole speech of, of, like, shoving him against the elevator and basically telling Shinji to be an adult Grow and make your own up. decision. 
grow the fuck up because I've made a bunch of mistakes, but I've lived with those. You need to make a decision. Live your own life. She knew she, she was dead. She knew she wasn't going to make it. But she didn't want Shinji to feel that it was his fault she had died. Mm-hmm. And, oh boy, just, I, oh, Matthew, go ahead. Matt, take it away. We've already taken uh, up have, enough I, of your time. I have, I have, um, all right, so you, so if you know me, my favorite scene is not actually the Oscar scene. Um, it's not actually, as much as I would love it to be, because that scene is fucking, eh, uh, it's incredible. Um, at the, my favorite scene, though, um, of course, it, has, it couldn't be anything else because it's the most visually stunning sequence I've ever seen in anything. It's, of course, tumbling down, tumbling down, mm. tumbling down. Uh, the the third impact, third impact scene, uh, Kam Sutra Todd. I, I, oh my god. Like, it, like, fucking... Fucking, by the way, that scene is seven minutes, by the way. Yeah. Um, it feels like you'll end, but it feels like it's only, like, two. Mm-hmm. Um, it's goddamn incredible. Like, it's it, it's it's so visually gorgeous. Like, fucking, just, like, the wides in that scene are fucking incredible. And the... And just like the fact that it's like somehow it's it's fucking just it's somehow both haunting yet fucking beautiful and just the fucking just the uh fucking and scene uh, and the scene that always gets me is like when fucking just like the water drops and then suddenly everyone on earth just turns into like LCL and mm-hmm. like and fucking just all the crosses just start showing up. There's such an iconic shot. Just like and like this just the, like this fucking that's like one of those shots that just sticks with you just right after you watch it. Um, like that entire sequence is just amazing. And fucking and just the fucking just everything in that scene is just amazing. And then it, and then then and then what also gets me is what happens right afterwards, the two minutes of just garbled the, the, the garbled screen of just people talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh fucking which is supposed to be the representation Cindy's like like interpret like how like the that's what l that's what the uh lcl world is like just a bunch of just garbled noise um and it's just and it's fucking and if you listen and there's so much like you can actually like pick out like what people are saying in that in that in those sequences like there's just a lot of like fucking just stuff that people are saying and you can like form your own story on like what the hell's going on there it's just weird it's just fucking trippy as hell and i love it so, uh, let's move on to specifically our favorite characters from this film because it actually it, I know for Shane it'll change because his favorite character from the show is not in this. Yeah, unfortunately, because uh, he's dead. I mean, technically, okay, technically he is in it like for like two for, shots, like, thirty seconds. <laughs> he's in this, but in like fucking Lilith like abomination form. Yeah. So, like, um, but yeah, Shane, uh, who's your favorite character? In this particular okay. film, I'm gonna. Be, I have a, There's an M- easy MVP for me here. I'm gonna be completely honest. I didn't have one written down going into this because I actually couldn't decide. So I'm trying to figure this out on the fly, live on podcast, <laughs> live on well, podcast. Do you want me to do mine to first? His favorite character from End of Ava. 
Yeah, uh, go to Spencer first. I need to. Th- I need to think this through. Spencer, who's your favorite? This is the easiest decision I've ever made because it's actually the same character from the original. It's Shinji Ikari. Yeah, <laughs> Shinji is the greatest anime character to ever be put. Now, I'm going to be a bit different than Shane. Because I want to talk specifically about Spike Spencer for a second. So, Spike Spencer is the voice of Shinji in the ADV dub. Unfortunately, nobody from the ADV dub was brought back for the Netflix dub. Um, I will eventually watch the Netflix dub, but it's just kind of hard for me because I have such a deep emotional connection to all of these people and the ADV. So Spike Spencer voices Shinji, and he voices Shinji incredibly well, like pretty much spot on. There is, a during the whole Third Impact scene where he's talking with Ray, and, and also when he sees the dead body of Asuka, he unleashes a scream that can only be defined as sheer terror absolute mental shutdown and it i can still hear him in my mind when it when it cuts to his conversation with ray just before third impact where just silence shows up the kanji for the word silence shows up and then nothing and then that scream Shinji as a character is one of the most fascinating looks at a director putting emphasis on certain traits for certain characters. Nobody in Ava is a good person. Everybody is selfish. Everybody has their own goal and motive. And it's so nice to see that a main character that is an absolute coward Shinji is spineless. Shinji is doubtful. Shinji is awkward. Most importantly, when I watched this, Shinji was me. I was that kid. I have days where I still am. And the absolute journey that Shinji goes on this anime, through this movie is one that will never be eclipsed. This is something without a shadow of a doubt that people like me will never forget. Shinji is a character. Shinji is a person. Shinji has issues, but at the end of the day, Shinji has to deal with them. And because of that, I can think of no better character in almost any anime I've seen than Shinji Ikari. Uh, all right, Shane, do you have a pick or no? Or are you still thinking? You know what? Fuck it. I, w- I, I was on the fence, but no, after that, I agree, Shinji. Because. Okay. Be- <clears throat> 
Shinji is such an interesting protagonist. Because there's so much going on in his head at all times. But... Uh, he he feels so human. Like, everything he does feels so real. Like, it, this could be a real person who's going through these kinds of things, making these terrible decisions, being such... Honestly, a terrible person. Because <laughs> Shinji's pretty bad. Um, but it's not like he wants to be. It's not like he wants to treat people like this. It's not like he wants to treat himself like this. He just doesn't know what else to do about it. And seeing that throughout this movie, as he basically, you're right, becomes God and wipes out all of humanity. Because he's like... <sighs> They should all die anyway. It's like... It's such an interesting arc to follow. Because it's like... What if you had a person in real life like this... Who was going through the same shit... Was in the same mental state... Had these same kinds of feelings for not only himself... But others around him... But then had the opportunity to just nuke the planet... Because of it. Just wipe everything out. It's... It's terrifying, and oh man, like I'm I'm pretty frazzled. You can see because thinking about this movie hurts me brain in a good way. But hurts me brain <laughs> hurts me brain. But yeah, I had I have to agree, Shinji. I I don't think there's a better arc in this movie than Shinji's. I agree. So there you go. I agree. Shinji's mine. Uh, Shinji's mine as well. I love everyone else in this movie as well, just like just as much, because there's so much depth to every character in this film, particularly Misato and Asuka, who get a lot to do here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, fucking, uh, but yeah, no, this is Shinji's movie uh, because he's in it. For like the he's the only character in it for the entirety of its runtime, and. Because uh, both Asuka and Misato... Basically, Asuka and Misato are killed off in the first half in order to make room for Sinji. Um, and Rey is a fucking, like, Lovecraftian abomination. So who who knows what the Rey, hell... Rey is fucking Cthulhu up in this bitch. <laughs> Rey's Cthulhu now. So who, who knows? Pretty much. Uh, so who the fuck knows? Uh, so it's pretty much Sinji's movie. This is pretty much Sinji's movie. And he get And he is absolutely fucking phenomenal here and yeah and i pretty much agree with both the, everyone everyone says i love how much depth Sinji has like you can't straight up say like he's a bad person or a good person i just he just fucking he's so he's so fucking human mm-hmm. and i just love that i i would i want every protagonist to be as good as Sinji, but sadly no they can't it can't be in a utopia like that but in any case do we have a least favorite character uh hmm. uh <laughs> um, um i guess um, i'm just waiting for spencer to figure this out i think uh, yeah same spence is like mm. seems on the fence uh Mm. <laughs> I'm I, I'm genuinely trying to rack my brain. 
for characters that are that could even be considered the worst. I give it to unnamed JSDF soldier number twelve. <laughs> Unnamed grunt. <laughs> specifically, the it's nothing, grunt that it's nothing personnel, kid. Specifically, the grunt that shot the woman in, in the hallway. Oh, as she was dragging the body of her Her-D coworker. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah fuck that guy. Uh, fuck that guy. Am I right? In particular. <laughs> Not the rest of them, just that one guy. Yeah, yeah, just Game that guy. Shane, who's your least favorite? I think it's probably the same as before. It's Gendo. It's Gendo. Yeah. I don't want to say it's Gendo though, because he gets neither to die. I you feel pity for him by the end of this. So I like... I know, and least favorite character does not mean worst character because compared <laughs> to the actual show. Mm-hmm. Where I couldn't stand Gendo most of the time. There's a lot that goes on with Gendo in this movie, even though he's not in it for a very long. He's not really in it that much. No, but I I'm just doing it because it's Gendo, and I yeah. I still don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the same. But I really love how you feel pity for him. By the yeah, end. like you learn that like he that he's basically that he's basically Shinji. Um, yeah, and then just, even just when. Yeah, and even when he's, um, even as Lilith is ascending to the heavens and he's just lying there on the floor and he sees the vision of Yui, and she's like, you're scared of Shinji, aren't you? And I was like, ooh, are you? And, 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 and he's like... Hidden well, depth? He's like, I, he's like, I thought that if I didn't talk to him because I felt guilt over your death. Uh, I would, I would be able to, you know, I, I would, I wouldn't be able to hurt him anymore. And you're like, oh, so he, he thought he was doing the right thing. No, he thought he was doing the right thing by neglecting his only son. Yeah. But also, Gendo gave us the Gendoned meme. Yeah. He did, yes, um, yes, which, uh, which Shane now has seen. So. Yes, I have, and it's, it's very funny. Uh, but uh, I also, but uh, do you also notice that because the, sh- the the movie doesn't make this clear because a lot of it's up to interpretation. But Gendo didn't go to instrumentality. He's the only human who didn't wasn't allowed to into instrumentality. Uh, mm-hmm. Shinji told him to fuck off basically and just ate him. Yeah, yeah. You notice that like his fucking spine and his like mm-hmm. lower half was still standing. Yeah, his there. lower half's just there because yeah, he got fucking launched. Yes, yeah, Shinji refused to let him into instrumentality, so he's the only human who did not, does not get to experience that. Um, so he just dead. Yeah, so he's actually dead. Um, uh, so he's actually dead. Uh, fucking, so yeah, uh, let's talk about more things about this movie, because I think there's still stuff we're, there's stuff we're missing. Cause some- I want to talk about the Bridge Bunnies and Third Impact. Because I don't okay. know if Shane picked this up. Okay, Shane, did you expect that the three bid, the three bridge bunnies to get like a large chunk of the screen time in this movie? No. You didn't? Not really. Yeah. It It's one of those things where shit just starts happening and you're like, oh, okay. It's going in this direction when I fly. It was gonna go in that direction. And it, mm-hmm. it it's just a surprise, like yeah, it's a surprise. And you get so much depth with them too. Oddly enough, mm-hmm. 
in like the short time that you're with them. Yeah, because and of that, and especially once the JSDF starts invading Nerve and they're forced to like defend themselves, it's a really great look into like the human psyche in those types of situations. Because like yeah. we're we're not trained soldiers; we're just fucking computer grunts. Like, what do we do? Like, oh, I have a gun, and I've been training with it, but not to kill people. Yeah, like, wh- what do I do? I don't. This isn't right. <laughs> and it's 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 pretty great. And then when instrumentality happens, that's where shit gets down. And so, do you understand uh, specifically? So, my favorite British pony was always Alba. It's always was. Do do you get the symbolism of his instrumentality when he becomes LCL? Mm-hmm. That so keep in mind it's been a while, so I forget their names, but I believe Itsuki is the girl, right? Is it Matt? Matt, what? What are the the female? Yeah, Spencer. Yeah, you cut Sorry. out Spencer. Yeah, because my, my laptop went to sleep mode. The female bridge bunny. What's her name again? Maya. Maya. Maya, sorry. Maya. Um, she sees a vision of Ritsuko. Ritsuko. Because she is in love with Ritsuko. That's, what her, that's her desire. Um, the other guy. Makoto. Makoto, thank you. Sees Masato. Ray, Ray at first. And then, then becomes Misato. Because he is in love with Misato. He has a carnal desire for Misato. Alba sees a bunch of rays. Just a bunch of rays. Do you know why? Maybe? Because don't Alba like doesn't, anybody. He doesn't like anybody. Alba oh. doesn't have anybody that feels... Alba oh, is alone. Right. No, you are right. Yeah. That's why it's just a bunch of rays. Because he has nobody to cling to. That's why he's the most terrified. You're no, you're absolutely right because I even noticed that during that scene where the instrumentality took on visions of the person that they were most connected with or had the most desires for, and then Alba is just is just like a bunch of rays. And I was like, huh, that's weird. I wonder why he's different than everyone else. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he has nobody to turn to. He sees a Yui. Yui. Well, because come on, he he was a hundred percent. He was the bro because he had to be. He won't. He wanted Yui. <laughs> that man. That man was like, I want a, a fucking. She can get it, but my friends with that right now. I'll let that happen. I'm a. I'm a just. I'm a stick by him in case I can pick up the reap. Oh god, she just got killed by a robot. Fuck. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm stuck with this douchebag then. <laughs> I'm gonna get my revenge one day. Um. Also, shout out to uh, uh, this weird co-host on this anime podcast, Spencer Hill, for his New Yorker Fuski. Oh, fuck it. All I'm right. going. We're going back, Matt. Okay. All right. So, uh, uh, fucking Shane. Shane doesn't know that. Talk? Shane, anything you want to talk about specifically? Uh, I wanted to talk about the more technical side of things, like animation and cinematography and how every goddamn shot in this fucking movie is incredible. Yeah. Like, this is the 
best storyboarding I may have ever seen. Yeah. It is it's so fucking phenomenal. Like, all of the framing. It's perfectly placed. It all has some hidden meaning behind it. It's it's never it's never a situation where it's style over substance. Like, oh, we have this cool-looking shot just because we want it to look cool. Like, yeah, all the shots are fucking cool as shit. But they always relate to whatever's happening with either the main narrative or the characters that are involved. And it's... Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's just every shot is so good. There's like, some shots that are like some of my favorite shots in this fucking uh like Os- the Oscar coming from the water uh mm-hmm. is one of my favorite shots. Uh th- uh half the stuff in Third Impact yeah. is great. The scene uh fucking this the shot of fucking near the end where you just cut to like half of Ray's face in the fucking ocean and then yep. the eye. Yep. Uh, one of my one of my favorite shots actually is it's near the it's near the end of Third Impact. Um, it's the shot where um, Lilith is being dismembered and like her body is falling apart, mm-hmm. and it just cuts to a shot of Unit One just against the Blood Moon with the eyes, and it's. Oh yeah, that sucks of me. That sucks of me. When I love the, sh- I when she's being dismembered. I love, I love Unit One coming out of the eye. Uh, fucking him using the lance, like him creating the lance thing, is just such a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. Fucking that piece of music, by the way, in the finale, like when when uh, when okay, once like once uh Ray's neck like breaks open and the, the blood just starts smearing the moon. The music that starts playing there and that entire six minute track is my favorite track in all of Ava. I love it so goddamn much. Uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece of music, and it's fucking and it says so much too. I just and I love the the image of just the moon with like that red with like the red with like the blood red like the with like the blood streak. It's just such a striking image. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, um, the harpies. I love the harpies. The They're harpies, cool. uh, the har- harpy angels. Those are d- dope ass designs, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. Great designs. Uh, creepy as hell when they fucking smile. Like when you see them, you're just like, <laughs> get get it, go away, get off the screen. Um, um, because because in terms of piece of animation, I don't think there's ever been a fight that I've ever been as impressed by as then. Oscar versus the Harpies, because like every, holy mother every of God, single movement is so goddamn fluid. <laughs> like you, you think of some of the best fights you've seen in animation and how fluid they are. This is like, let's just throw in like twice the amount of frames. Let's just make it all flow like fucking water. Every single movement, yeah, and it's uh, great. Fu- fucking. De- the characters are so heavy too. Like mm-hmm. fucking, it, you're right. Yeah, like characters just move and like, uh, like 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 when they when like when Oscar picks up like the like the sword and it just hits the other one and goes, bing, and then just like they both go flying back because it's just so heavy and so loud and large. Uh, fucking, I just it just. It's it's also like super violent, but it's like violent in that way where you're just like 
yeah like it's it's a it's simultaneously disturbing a disturbing fight but also at the same time like badass as shit mm-hmm. like absolutely well, she's one just of the best. tearing the harpies apart and they're like spewing waterfalls yeah. of blood it's like oh yeah <laughs> yeah and then and then fucking the lance of longinus comes and just stabs her mm-hmm. in the face <laughs> that fucking scene dude when the harpies are yeah. just like disemboweling her yeah. And even then, Fuck. like before, just just Oscar in the cabin, just repeating the words, "I don't want to, I, I don't want to die." Ah, uh, I don't want to. D- she's convincing herself at this point, and then like Eureka happens, and then motherfucking Johann Sebastian Bach starts playing. Uh, uh that's not till later. The one that plays before that is a uh, uh, original Masakusa music. Oh, okay. Uh, Oh, like the, the, the choir, yeah, when the choir starts playing, that's yes. fucking Soggy Sue. It is fucking most glorious. Um, that man Bach loves playing. Bark Box starts playing after Misato dies, and then it cuts back to the fight. Um, oh, yes, yes. Uh, which is still like one of my favorite pieces, uses of classical music. Um, but in it, and but uh, the part. Uh, if you actually go back to the scene where she's saying "I don't want to die" in the in like the in the cabin, and it and she's and she does that last final scream, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. some of the fucking uh, images you see there are like weird as shit. One of them is like you see fucking Oscar's mother's dead body just covered in maggots. Yep, yeah, like, I saw the maggots. Yep, yep. And, and you're like, why the fuck did I see that? <laughs> uh, fucking. Um, there's a lot of that in Ava in, in End of Ava. There's a lot of still frames that are just like of just striking, disturbing images. Uh specifically like one of the like like when third impact starts, you see the ch- yep. you see the the drawings of the kids. Like mm-hmm. the child's drawings. Yeah, the scribbles. With scribbles. Which Anno what Anno did was Anno told uh, what went to kids who had had a history of being abused and told them to like to describe what they thought love was, and it was just a bunch of disturbing, just a bunch of like fucking death and like care and like fucking just carcasses Violence. on the road and shit. That's which, what we call fucked up. The fucked, uh, fucked up. Which the the morality of what he did is a little uh, gray, a little uh, yeah, but a little questionable, a little, a little. But at the same time, it has been proven by uh, child psychologists that that is actually a good way to get help kids get their feelings, like get their like abuse kids to get their thoughts out. So technically, so so in a lot of ways, me so technically probably wasn't actually a bad thing, because um, it has been proven that that is an actual like coping method for for abuse kids. So mm-hmm. so. So, so I so and I doubt it. I doubt annoying Anno. I doubt he did it without fucking permission. So obviously, yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Are you kidding me? No, you can't. Yeah. You that can't do something like, like that without asking. Like, yeah, yeah. that is a hundred percent against ethics. You cannot do that. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he uh, obviously he probably did it with like full consent. So, like, like he just comes out of nowhere. He's like, hey, kids. <laughs> but, but I'm, I'm Hideki Yano. You want I'm some depressed. fucking crayons? <laughs> yeah, fucking after the scene of uh, after the uh, whole live action. Let's talk about the live action. Oh god, scene. the live action scene. Uh, because 
this is the scene where, where Spencer, this is the only time Spencer was actually pulled out of the movie the first time he watched it because he's like, okay, you lost me. All right, uh, what? Yeah, but it was also one of the first times in a movie I was completely speechless. <laughs> I had uh, nothing to say. No, no, you're you're absolutely right. I was the same way. Like I I was sitting there and it just cuts to live action and empty theater, crowd shots, and then just the audience watching the movie. I was just sitting there like jaw on the floor, no words, no noises, nothing coming out of my mouth, just in awe. Like yeah. how? <laughs> Fucking, fucking, uh, now you know where Gridman got it from. Yep, and uh, I, that's that's what I said. I'm like, I all of a sudden understand Gridman a lot more now. Fucking, uh, fucking Gridman did that, and I absolutely fucking love, um, uh, fucking love that sequence. Which, by the way, some fun fact about that sequence in the, the original sequence of that was a lot longer initially, did not have the voiceover. Uh, the rest, the sequence in the movie is like six minutes i think it's like four four or five minutes it's kind of long you know how long the original sequence in the film the original was 19 minutes long um <laughs> and was it wasn't going to have a voiceover and instead was going to present a live action world a world without sinji and it was going to be straight up like a, a scene like a straight up like like a three-act narrative almost a short film and and it was cut though because Ano fe- uh, Ano felt like it was cut for pacing reasons. Um, that's all I know. Obviously, because if you just cut that out for twenty minutes, that completely kills the momentum. Yeah, uh, it was. It was. Uh, uh, I think this, the sequence is online somewhere. Um, like the uh, whole one. Yeah, because it was released in the it was released in the Japanese uh, Blu-ray as like a special feature. It, it was in the bonus features on all the Japanese releases. Um, uh. Uh, I know it's on there somewhere, and it has some like we has some. It, it's basically like a super realistic, like almost like banal take on Ava, where like there's no Avas, and it's like realistic to the point where it's like it's realistic to the point where it's hard to watch almost. I think I, I think I found it. Yeah. Uh, fucking uh, all the the one thing you do have to know is, is that in this Oscar uh, is a Tojiro thing um, in this Ooh. world. That's implied. That's like the big. That's like one of the big change. Basically, it's a world without Sinji, which I think which they imply in the voiceover here. But it's I just love the sequence because the cinematography in it is really good. Like Ano has an uh, Ano later went to go do some live action films after this, and you can tell because oh because his. His live action cinematography is very, very, very good. Well, yeah, I was even. There's one shot in that scene in particular that really got me. It was that long. It was like that long wide shot of the alleyway and the slow zoom in, and you see Ray, Asuka, and Misato just in the crowd, just standing yeah. there. Yeah, I was like, "Ooh, that that's a good shot." <laughs> yeah, there's some good shots there, and then of course, and then at the end of that sequence, like after that whole live action sequence happens, there's a brief flash of a bunch of images. All of those images, the Madman Ano. I love this. Ano put his fucking death threats he got for the end of Evangelion yep. in I... his fucking movie, in his own movie uh, at the very end. Why am I not surprised? 
which which is the most which which what's a bigger fuck you to the to people who yeah did hey, that check this out it... you didn't like the ending before what about now <laughs> you fuck here it is bitch yeah a lot of this movie seems like a response to like people who didn't like the ending it's like you didn't like the ending okay well, fuck you here you fucking here you fucking go uh here, you don't eat, like eat it your fucking peas <laughs> you, you, you don't like it yeah, too fucking bad. And guess what? Dumb people still didn't like this when it came out. Of um, course. When it first came out, it got it was basically it polarized critics when it first came out. Um, some people were like, "It's a masterpiece." Some people were like, "It's pretentious garbage." Um. Uh, which is it pretentious? Probably. Probably. Oh, let's be real. Let's be real here. <laughs> like probably. But at the same time, like, I don't... Something can be pretentious and still really good. I don't care. Like, Like, I don't care. Like, fucking... Fucking... You know know what else was... You know what else is pretentious? Fucking, um... Fucking the original Ava. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's always been kind of pretentious and, like, up its own ass. But that's because, like, it... But it's fine because it's really, really, really good and it doesn't matter. Mm Mm-hmm. So like, fucking anything else we want to talk about? I think we're missing. I still think we're missing some things. Uh, dude, we we can write our fucking dissertations about this movie, dude. Like, there's so much philosophical stuff. I mean, we haven't even talked about the sandcastle scene yet. Fuck, that's what I was about to say. Like the sandcastle scene. It took me three watches. Three full watches to understand the context and, like, why, like, what he was doing. And spoiler alert, he's destroying Nerve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, a, it's, uh, that yeah, scene. Yeah, get it? Because the pyramid? Yes, yeah, that scene from episode, uh, it's that scene from episode 19, um, where he's destroying the way he's about to threaten to destroy the period, but he's actually doing it now. I love that scene for how it's shot. Uh, mm-hmm. every, uh, it's all grainy and just kind of like like weird, uh, hard to look at. Um, and also every shot is filled with so much meaning, like the fucking, the fucking uh, the fact the sandcastle, the fucking uh, the, the swing, the swing, the fact that the hills in the background look like boobs. Um, uh, which they do, uh, and that's the po- and that's part of the point. Um, what? Shane? <laughs> <laughs> I think Shane's lost his mind. He's lost his sanity. I think he's actually finally lost his sanity. Oh, uh, bring the mic closer. <laughs> I think he's lost his sanity, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Shit's uh, fucked. Can continue. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I love this. I I, I fucking love it. Mm. Uh, do you do y'all want to like uh, final scores? Because I think we're pretty much done here. Well, we haven't talked about the ending yet. Oh, we have. Like, we come on, man. About how disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Disgusting. All right. All right. Yeah. The last scene of this movie. Okay. So, uh, I've seen this movie like ten times, and I'm still a little like it's the one. The last scene is still like so fucking just vague mm-hmm. on like what the hell is actually going on. So like, like I my even best what? Oh, sorry to interrupt, but like I was I watched it twice last night, right? And I was like, mm-hmm. hmm, 
I'm trying to wrap my head around the scene because I got a couple theories, maybe, but I don't know. So I looked it up. Like, I went, I'm like, what do people think of the scene? And they're like, even in the fan base and general critics are still unsure of what the scene really means. I'm like, Because cool. Anna won't say shit. Um, Anna's awesome. not saying anything about it. Anna was at, uh, all we know, the only thing we do know is that there's only three people who actually know what the ending means. And that is Hideki Anno, Megumi Ogata, and fucking uh, Yuko uh, Miyamura. Those are the only three people alive that know what it is, that know what the final scene actually does mean in its entirety. But they none of them will say anything. So, um, fucking. Just so like, just so, so some people, some people think, uh, so like fucking, I'm a fucking, so Shane, what do you think it is? Like generally, like you have a couple of theories. So, I have, I have, I have one. I, I have one, and I was just piecing this into my head because Shinji enacts the third impact, right? Yeah. He 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 goes through with it. He wipes out all of humanity because he doesn't think that it's worth it anymore. And then he has the vision of Ray and Karu, and they're telling him. Just because you feel pain doesn't mean that you should die. Like, mm-hmm. you, in order to live life to the fullest, you need to take pain in stride with the good. That's the only way that you can evolve as a person. And then suddenly it clicks in Shinji's head, you're right. Like, I need to embrace the pain so that I can become better and that I can finally find what I'm looking for. At that point, it's too late. Third Impact's happened. Everyone's been fucking liquefied. It, it's all done. And then he... Oh, wait. Yes, go on. No. Go ahead. I, 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 I'm going to thing in spoiler for you now that you've watched it. So okay. go ahead. Okay, so... So at this point, it's already done. Third Impact has happened. There's basically nothing left. Except Shinji and Asuka. And... In Sh- I assume what's going on in Shinji's mind is that the reason I think he tried to kill Asuka to strangle her was because of all the regret he had because he enacted the third impact. And afterwards he realized, oh, this wasn't the best option. This wasn't what I should have done. I made the wrong decision. So the reason I think that he tries to kill Asuka is it, it, it's hard to describe, but I think because of all the regret he feels because of third impact, he just wants to clean the slate. Like he, it, he already made the wrong decision. It's already done. He can't go back. Let's just end it all. So that's why I think he tries to go after Asuka, but then Asuka caresses his face and he just starts crying. And it's ah oh man, it, it it's hard it's hard to describe, but I I think he the words that he took to heart from Ray and Karu about taking the pain in stride with all the good to really live your life and just getting finally that comfort, that emotional connection from Asuka just set him off. And then he yeah. stopped, and he knew that I have to live with this decision now. I have to take all of this pain with me, 
I know I did the wrong thing, but I have to live with it. So that's that. That's my theory. That's my thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh. That, yeah. What throws a lot of that into whack is the fucking um. Is I, the, I get um, it now. How disgust? Yeah. I uh, fucking how disgusting. Like that's the one thing that's like kind of throws some of that into whack. Yeah. Because it's like, what the fuck does that mean? Uh. Uh, and then the movie just. Oh, my favorite thing is how when she says that the movie just ends. It just ends. The yeah. end. That's it. Go home. The end. That's the, it. Done. The end. No, the credits are in the middle of the movie. Uh, and like imagine seeing this in the theater. Like the credits are in the middle of the movie because it's representative of like two the, the two episodes. You hear how disgusting. The end. The end. That's the black. It. No credits. Go home. Like imagine like that's like imagine that. Uh. Imagine going to a movie where the ending of the movie basically tells you to go fuck yourself and leave. <laughs> go home. Go, go home. That's it. They're like, that's it. No more. Like, fuck it. No. <laughs> Never ask for something ever again. Never ask for anything. Never ask me for anything ever again. So says Hideki Anno. Uh, fucking. Uh, my whole thing is like fucking just like. The reason why, but like, what always got me is the reason why uh, Shinji and Asuka are back. Because right. when you, they're the only think about it, because everyone's in the LCL, right? Mm-hmm. But yes. if only Asuka and Shinji are back, at least we know. That basically means that Shinji and Asuka like are so desperate for the connection of two people that they're the only two people who decided to come back. Uh. Which is really depressing, actually. Uh, when the more you think about it, um, but at the same, but at the same time, it's like, but at the same time, it's like, I think, I think it fits into the movie because both both Asuka and Shinji are the two people who most desperately need that connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, most desperately need that. Uh, plus, it's better than the other versions of the ending that Arnold wrote around. I'm going to tell you some of them right now because some of them are fucked. Oh boy, um, here we go. One of the one of the endings that Shinji that had in mind was that Shinji would be the only one that came back. It was only Shinji, no Asuka, and it would end with Shinji uh, at Misato's grave, and he would put down the uh, the cross necklace, necklace, yeah. and he put it on the grave, and he'd walk off, and the movie would end there. Uh, another one would be that Shinji is talking to himself. He sees Ray on the on the in the, in the water, and he she disappears. And he's holding what looks like Oscar's hand, and it cut, and it, but then it just cuts to like a wide shot, and it's just Oscar's severed arm, and then it just cuts to black. Mm. Mm. Imagine that ending, uh, uh, fucking being the fucking ending of that, uh, cause that that would be that would be something. Uh, there was an what was another one, um. Also, can I just say to interrupt real quick? In that shot where he sees the vision of Ray on the beach, just out of focus, off to the side, but still very pronounced, it's just Asuka's boobs. <laughs> They're just there. And I'm like, that's a weird placement, but I get it. Yeah, that's a weird placement. This. Yeah, well, it, it's meant you know, from Shinji's perspective. So, like, I yeah. think it's like it's meant to be like, like, oh, yeah, of course, Shinji would be looking at her boobs because she's like, he just, you know, he's right she, next to yeah, her. Yeah, she's just there. <laughs> Yeah, but also right. there's a deeper meaning there but you know whatever yes yeah there's a lot of th- every shot of this movie has like meaning also the fact she that she knows about his jerk off sessions yeah his jerk off fantasies about i yeah, know you is. jerk off to me do it 
right now. I want to see it. Oh. Fuck it. It's like, and, uh, fucking, and if I was in Sinji's, imagine being Sinji. It's like, I want to see it. It's like, I'll be hey, fucking Sinji. Uh, okay. Like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Oscar be like, wait, I didn't get this. Wait, 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 no, what? Wait, <laughs> go back. I didn't fuck. think I'd get this. I didn't think I'd get this far. Fuck, go back. <laughs> fucking uh, fucking um. Does she say in the um Netflix dub that she wants them all to herself? Yes, if I remember correctly. Okay, good, because that's in the original Japanese. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's it. That's in both the the uh, original dub and the Jap and the original Japanese. I think okay, I think she says One. something along the lines of "If you can't be all mine, then forget it." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something along those exactly. lines. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Much pretty much exactly. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much the same thing. Uh, anything? Any, anything else that people want to bring up or? Oh, I thought you were going to tell us more about the fucked up endings that didn't make it. Uh, there was a couple more. I can't, I can't find them, though. I, I can't find, like, the link to them. And the vape again. Fucking alt Fucking alternate endings. Here we go. Uh, uh fucking, what the fuck is it? Spencer, I think it's time for a sponsor. Okay, um, uh, one second. Let me just uh, let me just uh, pull up my my sponsorship deck. Um, let me just. Uh... Now, I don't usually play mobile games, but Raid Shadow Legends. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I couldn't even do it with a straight face. <laughs> First off, it's it's one second. It's a. Uh, Mm. Anyways, it's uh, I don't usually play mobile, but Raid Shadow Legends is the biggest, most impressive mobile game of current year. You see, if you join now with the description in the description in the link, the link in the description. There we go. Uh, you can get fifty thousand free silver and a free champion. Sign up now. Find us on Shadow Legend, Raid Shadow Legend, at uh, our guild is the Gap. That is G A P. That that's it. That's it. Just the, G A P. Also, I found it. The last ending was going to be like the same thing as the as the one we get, but it was going to be added on, and we were going to see what happened to Ava Unit One. It was going to be on the moon. And its face was going to be broken open, and it was just going to be this like a de de deformed face of like an old woman in the fucking Ava mask, and it was just going to cut on that image. Huh. Mm. Yeah. But get, because remember, because because remember, the last shot we get of Unit One in the movie is it floating away, and it has long flowing hair, mm -hmm. like that white stuff that came out of it. That's hair that's growing out of it. I mean, it is his mother, so... Yeah. So. Yeah? Yeah. In any case, is there anything else we want? Nope. Time for final scores. No. Time for final scores. It's a 10. 10. Fuck. Uh, shut up. This... Tens. Tens across the board. Duh. I was trying to think of, like, like, should I be that guy? Give it a nine out of ten. It's not perfect. No, 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 no. Not that. Not that direction. Should I go even higher? Because I think this deserves. 
I was thinking of giving it an 11 if I'm being perfectly honest with you. I'm going to give it an 11 out of 10. 11 out of 10. I, and I, write that down. Put that. Put we'll that in the about, official statistics. So, Eleven like, out of ten. Just the highest rated thing we've ever done. So this is the greatest piece of animation I have ever watched in my entire life. And Godspeed, you fucking depressed motherfucker. Because when we get to the rebuilds, that's an entirely different animal. Oh, I can't wait for the rebuilds. You get to be my wife. Oh my god, you get to be my actual girlfriend. Aww. She's crazy. Oh, I'm sure she is. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So yeah, 11 anyway. out of 10. Matt? Ah, uh, yeah. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck 11. It. 11. Fuck it. I love this. I love this. I love this movie. Shane, is this one of your favorite movies now, Shane? Gotta think about it, but it's up there. Ooh, boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. And with that, oh, it's, it's time, time for the random. It's time for the random anime generator. Yes, time for the, the randomizer, every, boys. Every time, every time, uh, every uh, podcast, we rotate between a fix for featured animes. We rotate between a pick from me and a pick from Shane, uh, along with a randomizer. Last uh, end of April was my pick, which means it's time for a randomizer. Y'all it's know time how this for the works. randomizer. You all know how this works. We don't need to repeat it. Stop um, what you're saying. Okay. I'm about to ask because it is a new year. I'm gonna use my meta. Oh fuck! He's doing it already. Oh god! Early this year. Oh no! All right, all right. Because it is, so, it's a new year. Everyone's remet- metas have been set. Spencer is starting the year off with a meta, which is gonna be either disastrous or I've checked oh. it like two or three times. It should work. It's either gonna be a dumpster fire. Or it's going to succeed, but it will also be a dumpster fire because it might be Love Live. <laughs> All right. I so like to keep these guys right, on so their so toes. What TV rating would you want? Any TV rating's fine. All right. Episodes. One to 12. Oh, a short one. Thank you. All right. Oh, Thank no. You. We're watching both seasons. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. Oh, oh no. no, dear Lord. What's the score between? Between a 7.5 and an 8. Okay. Released between when? 2015 and 2015. <laughs> 2015. 2015. Included genres. Include action. All right. Adventure. All right. Comedy. All right. Fantasy. Shonen. All right. Supernatural. What Ooh. the fuck is this? I thought it was I thought it was called a super at first, but then I saw Supernatural. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, I have an idea. Oh, okay. Which genres do you want to exclude? Exclude everything else. Uh, everything else. Okay. Oh, everything I else. have an idea of what this might be. Or it's something completely different. I don't know. You're fucking. You're throwing me for a loop here, dude. I I I heard action. I was like, it's gonna be love live. When I heard action. <laughs> Action, I'm like, okay, no, adventure. It's, it's not comedy Love Live. Fantasy? It's definitely oh, not Love comedy Live, and, so... When it, I heard comedy and fantasy, I'm like, it's Kona Super. And then he said, Shonen Supernatural. I'm like, never mind. Mm. All right, I will repeat this for Spencer so he, so he, so I can um, I confirm this. Between 1 to 12 episodes, scoring mm-hmm. between 7.5 and 8, released between mm-hmm. 2015 and 2015, 
and includes action, adventure, comedy, fantasy, shonen, and supernatural, and exclude yes. literally everything else. Yes. All right. I'm on the generator. I am generating a singular random anime. It's Blood Blockade Battlefront. Kekai Simpson, oh! baby! Oh, fuck yeah! Oh! Here we oh! go. I, I had like six different things in my head what I wanted to pick, Woo! but at the end of the day, I was like, we need something that is radical. Amazing, that is radical after this. We need some comedy. We need some fucking hard-boiled shonen action. Oh, Let's fuck. fucking do this. All right, I'm closing because that Moa. I didn't even need it. Fucking no, up. it's it's on Hulu and Crunchyroll for sub. It's on Foundation for dub. <sighs> Legally available. Thank you. A fucking as the description says: supersonic monkeys, vampires, talking fishmen, and all sorts of different supernatural monsters living alongside humans. This has been a part of daily life in Hell Salem's Lot, formerly known as New York City, for some time now. When a gateway between the Earth and the Beyond opened three years ago, New Yorkers and creatures from another di other dimension alike were trapped in an impenetrable bubble and were forced to live together. Libra is a secret organization composed of eccentrics and superhumans tasked with keeping order in the city and making sure that chaos is spread to the rest of the world. Uh, Kekai Sensen is currently owned by, is licensed by Funimation, and you can find the dub on Funimation as well, uh, and as, and there's a, and the subversion as well on Crunchyroll. Um, <sighs> thank you. I'm, I'm just gonna say that thank you. Because I had a feeling once you said all the genres, I was like, wait a minute, this sounds familiar, because I've tried this before. Um, <laughs> and then you said 2015, and I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> All right, so next podcast, we'll be covering Blood Blockade Battlefront and its sequel season, Blood Blockade Battlefront and beyond. Um, uh, with me, uh, with that, I am your host, Matt, a.k.a. Legion Rex. You can find me on Twitter at DeetStandAccount, at Legion Rex, uh, and as well as my YouTube page, Legion Rex. Uh, uh, with me, I have my co-host, Shane, a.k.a. The Bearded One. You can find him on BGN on Twitter, as well as uh, Bearded Gaming Network on YouTube, where he posts... Uh, podcasts, Let's Plays, unboxings, and a bunch of other gameplay-style videos, and he streams every Tuesday and Thursday from noon to 2 p.m. Uh, uh, this week, he did two. Uh, he did Blazing Chrome and Night Party. Uh, after Party? After Party. After Party. Yeah, uh, which were uh, both of... Uh, so go check those out when you have the chance. With me, I also have my co-host, Spencer. Uh, 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 we have co-host, Spencer, who you can find on Twitter at Beery Burton with two E's. Two E's. Two E's, with two E's, uh, and you can where he posts a lot of where he posts cosplayer pictures. Um, did mm -hmm. you? Did you? Have you ever thought of changing your Twitter name to Banjo Two E's? And with that, <laughs> uh, and, and and with that, uh, I hope all of you have a great two weeks, and we'll see you next time for some Blood Bucket <laughs> Battlefront. Uh, depression is real. <laughs> And we'll see you for Kekai Sensen. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to The Gap. If you like what you've seen, you can subscribe to The Gap Podcast YouTube channel to get the latest podcasts as they go live. Be sure to like and comment and let us know what you guys think of the show. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Don't get that